What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going quite well. It's really nice, actually. We're sitting uh, outside looking at... It's sun, you know that uh, sunset, moon coming up? Yeah. That's where we're at right now. In Magic a cent- hour, if you will. Yeah, Centennial Olympic Park right now uh, by the Ferris wheel, just really taking in Atlanta at its finest. Yes. Um, the homeless have abated. The kids are playing in the uh, in the 40-degree weather in the, in the fountains, freezing their asses off. Brings back uh, good memories. Would you care to explain to the users why we're at Centennial Olympic Park? Well, apparently there was a uh, a little mix-up at the Adam Kalal Studios where it has been converted into a a dog playground, dog center, dog daycare, if you will. Mm -hmm. And uh, realizing that we would have a lot of noise, we decided to come out here. And uh, even though there's a lot of noise here, at least it's natural. It's not like right. you're getting distracted. It's ambiance. Yeah. It's kind of like when we were at Radio Row in Minnesota for the sure, Super Bowl. Sure, sure. We had some great conversation. Oh, yeah. Then. But, you know, it's just kind of like you had that background noise, and it's just like, oh, they're just, you know, it's just part of the it's part of where they are as opposed to the dogs coming in. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. You hear a car passing by, bird chirp. It's just, that's just nature, that's man. That's just part of life. Yeah. Dogs aren't nature. <laughs> Cars are, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, that's the new rationale for the show. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah, guys, dive into it. We got a big show for you guys today. Uh, we got the return of Veronica Sports Puns. I know a lot of you users have missed that, so that'll come up a little later in the show. We have uh, a lot of Braves news and notes, and um, tons of things happening in the NFL right now. Uh, nothing really happening with the Falcons, but we are going to talk about some potential moves we could make and about some more announcements from Thomas Dimitrov. Mitroff and other players, as well as a uh, big re-signing that happened, and I think we'll lead off with that, and then that the Falcons have officially re-signed Matt Bryant for not one, not two, but three more years of he and his golden, ageless leg to come back and win games for us as our great field goal kicker. Yeah, that's uh, great to get that one bottled up, because the last thing we would need is, we have enough issues as it is, but if we were to go back to the days where we don't know who the hell is going to kick our field goals... I would not enjoy that at all. No. So Matt Bryant, obviously the man could still kick. He was drilling 60 yarders still. So yeah. let's stop doing these one-year deals and just lock them up for three. I love it. Yeah, and it's uh, $12 million. So it's a, you know, for you uh, math experts out there, four times three is 12. So 12 divided by three is it's four. four. Yes. Yeah. So four million per year. Um, I think for a kicker that – is definitely top three in the league. Um, I absolutely have no issue with paying him that much money, and I don't think anyone else does. But, uh, I mean, honestly, it's a steal with the value he provides you because you are never unsure. Like when Matt Bryant made, what was it, four or five field goals in that Rams game in the divisional round, every time I went out there, I was like, <laughs> fucking Matty Bryant's going to just drill it. Yep. And you have no fear. And when he does miss something, it's a, it's almost like the world collapses and he missed that kick against the Vikings this year, and that was the only bad miss he had all year. I think he only missed three or four kicks. And, uh, I mean, the guy is money, and until he proves that he's not, you bring him back. And he had a really boring uh, video he released afterwards, <laughs> and he's just like, hey, Falcons fans, I'm excited to be back and ready to kick in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and rock it loud. Yeah, uh, you, yeah, it was awful. You know was, he hated doing that. Yeah, it was like 19 seconds. The guy, uh, he's he, like, we have unfinished business, and, uh, you know, he was just so bored. But uh, it was it was still nice to see. The man just wants to do his job. Yeah, 
he's, he's like, old school. He's like 43. He for didn't get the chance to do his job in the Super Bowl, and he's probably still quite irked about that yeah, one. Yeah, he's pissed. Um, but, yeah, he just wants to kick field goals. I think he hunts in the offseason. Um, that's about it. Yeah. I think that's pretty much his, his life. Right. Hunting and kicking field goals. Pretty yeah. decent life. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Um, but it's just kind of funny, amid all these huge things happening in the NFL, I think today, today is March 9th when we were when we were recording this, 2018, been a flurry of moves. There were trades. Richard Sherman got cut. Jarvis Landry goes to the Browns. Um, Michael Bennett's traded to the Eagles. We'll get into that a little bit later. But all these things happening in the NFL and the Falcons, all we've done is re-sign Matt Bryant, which is kind of funny. Yeah, it's a little worrisome, though. Like, you've seen all these trades going on, and... Like, so Michael Bennett, he went to Eagles. Eagles, And it's like they already had a solid defensive line, and they still made a move on him yeah, it's versus like, us who we're lacking in the depth department right now, to well, say the least. Well, it's kind of funny because I remember on our preview show, I was thinking about this on the way over here, we, we squawked about it. I was like, oh, we have so much depth on the line. we got Jack Crawford and Courtney Upshaw and Adrian Claiborne and blah, 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 blah. Which was true. Don Terry, Don Terry Poe. And, yeah, but now we come back to it in Shelby, and, uh, and now we come back to it. It's like Shelby's cut. Which, which happened this week as well. Um, you know, Claiborne came out this week and said he's probably gone. You know, Poe's gone. Jack Crawford's coming back from a season-ending injury. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. And suddenly the defensive line is a little uh, shallow in terms of depth. Yeah, and we've, like, we've been creating a little bit of cap space with Cutting Shelby and a couple other guys. But it's like, what, are we just going to use all this money to re-sign our kicker and our quarterback and not really improve at all? I think... I'm hoping that Dan Quinn has a plan, along with Thomas, obviously, because um, that would be quite disappointing if that was it. Uh, even though you want to do that with those two guys, I think we are certainly lacking now, especially at defensive line. I mean, it's not that our defensive line's trash. You still got Vic Beasley. You have Grady Jarrett and Tack. Yeah, I mean, that's three really solid, but we just need, we need some depth we, pieces. We, we need another tackle because I'm, I'm really concerned that the void that Poe leaves – um, it's not going to be able to be replaced. And I know he went on, I think, XM Radio today and was squawking about it. I was like, oh, I'd love to come back. You know, I had a great experience with the Falcons. I love the staff, love the Brotherhood, all that stuff. Well, I think it's sort of empty words because Thomas has already pretty much said, yeah, we're moving on. So, Which, which is fair. I don't think we invest big-time money in him. He's on the downside of his career. Right. And, you know, if you're going to give money to him or Grady Jarrett, obviously it's Grady Jarrett. Yeah. You know, there's no discussion that needs to be had there. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of lot of. I mean, they could be work. I'm sure they they're talking to a lot of teams right now, trying to get some deals done. Free agency's still out there. I think it's a pretty weak free agency class, though. In terms of defensive linemen, yeah. But you know, the thing that sort of pissed me off about the Michael Bennett deal, and I know that's been a rumor for a long time that we were trying to get Michael Bennett, and you know, we didn't really talk about it on the show because I thought it was kind of hearsay. But then, like right after we recorded the show uh, last week. You know, you see all these stories about how the rumors are starting to heat up about sure. that being a possibility. And obviously with the Dan Quinn connection there. Yeah, of course. You know, Bennett comes from Seattle. Um, you know, had eight, I think, eight and a half sacks last year. Has, has had at least eight sacks for the last five seasons. So he's certainly producing a very consistent clip and a very valuable clip. I mean, eight sacks is nothing to sneeze at. And uh, so I was kind of hoping we could get it done. And apparently a lot of people were saying we were on the inside track in terms of getting just with our relationship with the Seahawks in terms of, you know, Dan Quinn and Pete Carroll, blah, blah, blah. And to hear what Seattle gave up, or not Seattle, but Philly gave up for Bennett, it was like a fifth-round pick 
and a shitty receiver that'll probably do nothing. And they get Michael Bennett is going to give him at least eight sacks, uh, barring health concerns. That was a little disappointing. And we don't have a fifth-round pick because we gave up our fifth-round pick for fucking Ty Sambreo, who's the worst swing tackle in the history of man last year. And so I don't think we were willing to part with a fourth-round pick to get Bennett, and I think that was probably the deal That's breaker. That's fair. Yeah, it's fair, but it's like we could have given up our fifth-round pick and we not picked up Sambreo, which I could have told you was a shitty move after As Vic Beasley Jr. roasted him for three sacks uh, against the Broncos when he was on the Broncos in 2016. As, as Arthur wisely pointed out a couple weeks ago, we can't constantly rehash these old deals. No, but, shoulda, woulda. It was a, but, it, but you have to admit that if that deal isn't made, then we probably get Bennett, or we have a much better chance we of getting him. We don't know that. We have a much better chance of getting him because well, all they wanted was a fifth-round pick, and we didn't, didn't have one. Maybe they didn't want him. We didn't have one. We were linked to him. I think we did want him. We yeah, were we're in, just... I feel like we're all... Like, Sherman just got cut, and we're automatically linked to him just because of the... Of the Seattle Quinn connection. connection. Yeah, we're right. always going to be linked to them. Yeah, but I know, like, there were negotiations. Various reports that there were negotiations. Now, you can say... You can take that grain of salt and say, you know, it could be fake news, but um, the fact that we could have... <laughs> Yeah, nothing's real anymore. The fact that we gave up our fifth-round pick for garbage and Sembreo, who on paper was garbage, is uh, most disheartening when it could have been used for Bennett. Yeah. And now, now our adversaries, like the Eagles, the Rams just made a move for Aqib Tlaib yesterday, and they're making all these other moves, getting you know a bunch of really solid players who escaped me off the top of my mind. But they're making all these moves really uh, making trades to improve themselves, and we haven't, we haven't done much yet. And there's a lot of time, obviously, to, to make stuff happen. I don't think the end of the NFL trade wave is over. But just seeing those guys make those moves and us sort of not doing much is, is disheartening. Yeah, so far, it's 100%. That's the word, disheartening. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's still time. Obviously, the draft's coming up. I'm sure they have their plans. I mean, I'm not going to freak out yet. No, I don't think there's any reason to freak out. A lot of people on Twitter and whatnot are pushing the panic button. But I don't think there's any reason to do that yet. I also think that with the draft, um, we can fill a lot of our needs there at guard and defensive tackle. Um, I really hope – I know we talked about Isaiah Wynn last week, but I think he could certainly be there at, 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 when we're selecting it. Either, I can't remember if it's 24 or 26, but he's, he's, select, he's you know, slated to go around then. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I just think we got to – and Dan Quinn's big on beefing up the trenches. We know that. And um, but just having Brooks Reed, Beasley, Jarrett, and um, Tack, you know, gotta get some more, gotta get some more depth there. Be patient there, young junior. Yeah, they know that. Yeah, Um, they're not idiots. No, Adrian. They make some idiotic moves, sure, but they're not total idiots. But like, yeah, I mean, all these guys that are leaving now, we would have had to spend big money to bring them back. Now that would be idiotic. Like, would you prefer us to sign Claiborne for, like? Six million dollars a year, which he'll probably get on the open market. I wouldn't market. be opposed to it, just because he's so versatile. He can play defensive tackle. He can play the end. versus saving that money for some of our young guys. That's a good point. Um, you know, the thing with Claiborne is he's always hurt, and the older he gets, the more prone he is to injury. And he had one big game. Yeah, one big game. But he he he's constantly getting in the face of quarterbacks and making plays. Like he's not an invisible, you know, he's not the invisible man out there. No, but Vic's going to be. Lining up a DN exclusively now, <laughs> and you've got what? That's such a stupid thing putting him at linebacker last year. Yeah, well, they're that's why Claiborne was on the field a lot. Sure, it's because of that. Mm-hmm. 
So you got Vic on one side and Tech, hopefully. Tech, who will be probably better and stronger this year. Yeah. So, and that we still have Brooks. I thought we still had Brooks Reed. Right? Yeah, we still have Brooks. Yeah, Reed. so he's still yeah, a backup Michigan. guy that can yeah. plug in and will draft someone and pick up some loser off the free agent yeah. wire. And, and I imagine Courtney Upshaw is going to get waived. He didn't do much last year. Was injured and you know he was the invisible man so. last year for sure. All's not lost. Anything else with the Falcons? Um, I don't think so. I know. I think you were a, a, a sage there, though, in terms of pointing out Dante Moncrief. We're starting to get linked to him a little bit. Ooh. So I would. Uh, there's some heat there, apparently. Nice. Uh, so I hope. That'd be uh, cool. And by heat, I mean it was mentioned in a few stories I read. So who knows how? But but the That's fact something. that people are thinking about it is, is heard nice. it first here on Atlanta's own. Heard it first on Atlanta's own. First reported by Adam Kowal. Actually, I think I read it from someone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that'd be nice. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really much else going on with the Falcons. Uh, I think we can jump back into some uh, some Braves news. We're, we're not going to talk about anyone's uniform this week, right? We're not. No. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, so the Braves on Monday of this week signed Ryan Schimpf. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. It's spelled peculiarly, if that's a word. S-C-H-I-M-P-F. Schimpf. And... He was in the Padres organization starting, like, uh, in terms of when he made his debut, I think, in 2016. Has an awful batting average. Consistently hits under 200. However, has a good on-base percentage for how shitty his average is. And in, like, 80 games in 2016 or 89 games, he had 20 bombs. And followed up the next year where he still had a shitty batting average, which was last season, uh, but had 14 home runs in, like, 70 games or something like that or 16 you know so he's clearly got the power it's just a matter of he's an all or nothing player he's either gonna walk strike out or he's going to hit a home run but there's no, he actually had more home runs than singles I think, yeah, in 2017 which the, um, the only time that's happened before was Mark McGuire in 98 yeah when he hit 70 home runs and had like 50 something singles <laughs> also took a Ton of steroids. Shit ton of steroids, yeah. And then Barry Bonds, who hit his 73 or whatever, had like 40 singles. But that's a little different from Schempf here. Yeah. Plus, yeah. he's not on steroids. Probably not. Allegedly. Yeah. But um, it's an interesting move because I know I don't think we're in a platoon situation with Camargo, mm. but you could imagine that he could, he could do that because I think Camargo destroys right-handed pitching. I think Schempf does well off left-handed yeah. pitching, or vice versa. I can't remember, but... Um, but I think he went like 0 for 4 yesterday with three strikeouts or something like 0 that. 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. 0 for 3, three yeah. strikeouts. Yeah, so. Is, he's 0 for 17 on the spring so yeah. far between us and uh, I, Tampa Bay. Yeah, he's in Tampa Bay. <laughs> oh, yeah, he came out low. Because I remember he went down to the minors, and then I think they traded him to Tampa Bay in the offseason or something like that. But um, the, the good news here is he's got minor league options, so we can start right. him in Gwinnett with the stripers. Right. And if he uh, shows something, you can bring him up. Yeah, but also we have zero power on this team. Outside of Freddie. Outside Freeman. of Freddie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. We really don't. You look at that lineup, now that Matt Kemp's gone. They're really, you're right. There really is not a lot of power until Acuna yeah. comes out. Like, unless, I mean, let's go through. We got Flowers and Suzuki, who we're, we're going to get a little power from they them can, can as far as catchers runs. go. Yeah. Ozzy Albies, we're not going to expect it from him. No. Dansby, no. Marcakis, no. Marcakis, no. In Ender, he'll get you 11 to 15 home runs. Maybe. And then, uh, once Acuna comes up, now that, that's your another power spot. Yeah. But so Shemp, big power bat off the 
bench anyways, which is always mm-hmm. nice to have. So it's so we gave up a player to be named later. Yeah. Which, I mean. Because it should. Or cash considerations. Yeah. Whatever so that means. So it's worth a flyer. Yeah, why not? Um, Mike Fultonavich has looked very good so far in spring training. His last outing uh, pitched three scoreless innings, had a couple of strikeouts. He attributes it to really trying to locate that first that first pitch and at bat to get a strike. Um, he's like, that's changed my whole perception on the shed. And he's start, he's stopping. Isn't that like what every pitcher ever has said? Like uh, yeah. got to get ahead of the batter. Right. So it's just, I love reading Snickers quote in that story. I think it was by DOB on AJC, but uh, Snickers like, Oh yeah, you look at these analytics. It's just amazing what you can do if you just get out, you know, to Owen, you know, Owen one first. It's like, yeah, no shit. I mean, it's just kind of like, yeah, like, I could I could tell him that it's 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 like saying two plus two equals four for God's yeah. sake. Um, Locate your pitches, right? And so control your emotions. So faulty has been saying it's like yeah I could still throw ninety eight, but if I bring down my velocity and really focus on you know, pinpoint location, I think we're gonna have uh, a, a big season. I'm gonna have a big season. I think he thinks the whole team's gonna have a big season. But I mean, it's nice to see. I think spring training with pitchers is a little more indicative of of how they're gonna do more so than hitters. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, I am more encouraged personally when I see better results from pitching than I am from from hitters. Yeah, and the starting pitching has been good so far. Yeah, no, they've done a good Dude, job. I'm, I'm getting excited. Like you can, I hate see, to admit it too, but I am I am as well. The guys like Soroka, mm-hmm. like he turned a ton of heads in spring this year. They, they sent him down just because they know he's not going to start in the majors. Right. But he's a guy like even a guy like Fulty needs to look out because. Yeah, no, I this think, guy's going to be gunning for him. I think Soroka. Allard, um, Kyle Wright is another guy. I think that got sent to AAA. Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson. I mean, these yeah. guys are becoming viable. Like, yes, we can see and, them soon. And you're not just going to keep reading prospect stories about them. Or it's Braves top ten prospects. You're going to start seeing them in the big yeah. leagues pretty soon, and that's exciting. Um, and especially, I didn't realize. So for some reason, I thought Acuna couldn't come up until May. Dude, it's like April 11th or yeah. something like that. And apparently now it's mid-April. So yeah, so that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I read that story and got really excited. Um, yeah, I went apeshit when I saw uh, that Acuna hit a bomb, like an absolute bomb of like Andrew Jones in 96 off of uh, Tanaka, Mashiro Tanaka from the Yankees. He just drilled a ball to left center field. And I was like, holy shit. I mean, you just see the velocity and the launch angle of that ball, and it was, he just d- obliterated it. Um, Austin obliterate. Ryan, obliterate Austin Riley looks awesome he's got a couple of bombs I wanted to say so I haven't actually uh, that's a guy I've just like heard the name yeah and I've never like looked into it he looks like a fucking ball and I watched his uh highlight reel Mm -hmm. for like five minutes the other day dude is huge yeah no he's he's, like if you if you guys haven't seen this guy check him out and like he looked like he's looks pretty athletic at third I know people had said his third base was questionable but Mm -hmm. I think he's improved there and he's a monster yeah he, he looks like a he looks like a Troy Gloss Type player, right, right, along those lines, and so, so I'm excited about him too. Yeah, no, he's looked really good. He started off a little slow. I think he's hitting like 400 in his last uh, 15 plate appearances. Um, just seeing these young guys we've heard so much about for so long actually producing, even though it's only in spring training, is just really encouraging, especially for a fan base that's absolutely starved for success at this point over the last four seasons. Yeah, I can safely say I'm a lot more excited about this year than last year. Oh yeah, so legitimately. Because all you had was... The Cunha factor is huge. The Cunha factor is huge. But now you're starting to look at Alex Jackson and Austin Riley and Soroka's starting, you know, he's knocking on the door. All these guys are so fucking close and you're just getting pumped because you're thinking, man, our core could just be made up of these guys. You know, maybe not all of them, but a good amount of them. Yeah, please don't trade them off. Don't do it to me. 
Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I don't think that's going to happen um, until we know, right? Until until we really get a good look at it. And I think Anthopolis, once again, is taking the right approach. Um, even Matt Whistler has looked all right. And Blair. And Blair's looked solid. So... Um, long relief options. Yeah. McCarthy's look good as well. I know he'll injure himself at yeah. the end of May, and then he won't pitch for the rest of the See, season. But... Gahara got injured again today. Oh, he did? I knew yeah. he was going to throw today. Yeah, he, got, he, he got hurt? Yeah, he like tweaked Damn. his ankle. He, I think he's just too fat. Yeah, he needs to lose some weight. He's a big guy. Like, for him, like, he's... Easy the, for me the way he's gotten injured is absurd. It's like, in a running drill was his first injury. Really? And then... So he's just yeah, not well conditioned. That was his first injury. He's not it, well conditioned. And then today it was just like fielding a ball or something. Really? Sprained his ankle. Was he pitching uh, minor league spring training or was he in major league spring training? He was going to be in major league spring training. And then yeah. he hurt himself in yeah. the drill. So now, so now we'll have to – Scott Kazmir might get one of those starting – Yeah. Which I figured would piss you off because he's an old veteran. He's an old veteran who once again will probably hurt himself at the end of May. Um, well, that's disappointing for Gohara. Um, but what can you do? Uh, hopefully this is a wake-up call get to get in, shape. get in better shape and, and become a more well-conditioned athlete. I, I also watched a – I know you're not a huge Freed guy. I like Freed. But while, oh, you're, you do? No, okay. yeah. No, I think Freed's got a lot of talent. I, I watched um, – while I was on my – watching a video little kick I had earlier this uh-huh. week, I watched a Max Freed highlight reel, and I was like, dude, this guy – I mean, there's definitely something there. Yeah, no, I think he's got – Mid-90s with that curveball. Yeah, no, his breaking stuff. That's the, I think that's the key to all power pitchers, right? Even like even though Kershaw you wouldn't consider a power pitcher because he doesn't throw like 98, his hook, if you have a good fastball and a good hook, you're Nolan, already made. Nolan Ryan, man. Yeah, you're already made. Like if you can just develop a third pitch, whatever. You know, it's like – and that's and that's the thing. So I, I think he's certainly – I'm not comparing him to Kershaw, but, I mean, like he's got a pretty sick breaking ball. So Maybe down the road. Yeah. That's the exciting thing, too, because, like, you know, we have so many great pitching prospects. Not all of them are going to make it. Some of them are going to flame out. Some of them are going to get injured. Some of them are just not going to produce the way we want them to. So I think it's going to be important for Anthopolis this year to analyze who is going to be the real deal. And then if there does need to be a move that's made, right, where you can trade one of these guys uh, for a viable bat or something like that, and so be it. But I hope that comes next year or a year from now. Um or sorry, I hope that comes next year or a couple years down the road, and he's really had a good chance to see what they have. So, yeah, the only, the only like because we have the opportunity next year to sign like a Manny Machado. I would you know? love like Machado, if, if, even if it meant Swanson by. I don't care, Manny Machado. And I'll tell you this because I have a lot of experience watching them. Shout out to Alexa, um, Miriam Orioles fan, introducing me to that team. Uh, but, I mean, I've watched Machado play probably 100 games at this point in my life. The man is an elite defender, like absurd. And he's been yeah. playing third base his whole career. And he's made plays I've never seen a third baseman make. You put him at shortstop, he's going to be a monster there. Oh, he would play shortstop? He's got, he wants to play shortstop now. Ooh. He's playing shortstop for the Orioles this year. This is his oh. first year playing shortstop because I think J.J. Hardy, their old shortstop. But he would move back to third base for us, though, right? You could. But, I mean, like, I want to – if you give me a pick between him and Swanson – like Manny is, a, is an amazing defender and a really good. He had a sort of down year at the plate, but he he can turn it on as a hitter, and he's been really pretty consistent throughout his career. Like I think he would be a great fit here in this organization, and I would I would say peace to dance because I don't like especially now. Even if he shows me something next year, you got star 
You got legitimate star versus potential. Yeah, there's give no, me star. There's, there's no comparison between Machado and yeah. Swanson. Right. It's clear. Yeah, but I would I would give up on Dansby to get Machado is what I'm saying. I would give up on him. I would kick him out the door. I was just thinking door. Austin Riley would be the one out the door. I, I would trade him. No. No. Because I don't trust Swanson's defense. Well, I refuse to trust Swanson's defense. He's a shitty defender at a premium, premium position in the infield. Shitty. Easy. That's the one Easy. position. We had a bad year, Graham. True, but that's the one position where you have to be elite as a defender to add true value to your baseball team, and he sucked. Yeah, I still would have been okay if they had swapped Albies and Swanson. I think Albies has more athleticism. I'd yeah. be more impressed with him. In the he field. seems like more of a shortstop. Yeah, to me. but dude, yeah, like as you were saying, going back to your point, this is in the offseason we have a chance to sign a guy like Machado, or God forbid Bryce Harper. I don't think we'll sign Bryce Harper, but. <laughs> No, he's going to the Yankees. Yeah, definitely going to the Yankees. They'll they never... can't sign him and Machado, though. No, I'm, no, 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 I'm saying, like, one of the two. Like, you have a chance to get... Well, I'm a, just saying... We, you, have a, you, we have a shit ton of money. You, you would hope not everyone would go to the Yankees. No, but you have a shit ton of money where, you're right, you could blow it on a Machado type of player. And I would but be, you have to show potential this year in order yes, to get a guy to like entice that to entice him. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. But I, I, I'm really excited after this year just to see where we go. And where Anthopoulos really stakes his claim as the general manager of this team. What's he going to do? It's going to be fascinating. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I guess moving on to Atlanta United. Uh, had their first game on Saturday of last week yep. against uh, Houston. Disappointing and, loss. And surprisingly, Houston wasn't um, supposed to be that good, but we got destroyed 4 to nothing, And... Apparently our midfielders, as Arthur pointed out, uh, that Lazarevich or Lazanovich or Lorenowitz. Lorenowitz. Uh, sucked. And we just se- seemed like we uh, were just a little out of sorts in that game and could never really get anything going offensively. Um, and, and it seemed like if we had just connected on a few of these uh, attempts on goal early in the game, we could have gotten into it, but it just never happened. So here, here was Arthur's, Arthur's yes. take on it. So this Atlanta United team isn't winning any cups until they figure out the, the no. <laughs> this Atlanta United team isn't winning any cups until they figure out the positions we talked about last podcast. Terrible all the way through the center of the defense. Center backs and center defensive mids all look totally lost. I'm lost reading that sentence too. It's pretty much saying our midfielders sucked. Really hard to watch. Uncle Arthur needs to open that checkbook and bring in a top defender now. And then he went on to say Three of the four goals were a direct result of our mistakes. Two on Gonzalez Perez and one on Guzan. Then when Gonzalez Perez got hurt, they brought in Parkhurst, who I think Arthur hated, and we had the two slowest center backs in history. <laughs> they were just making runs in behind them the rest of the game, making us look like scrubs. Yeah, I mean, I only saw the highlights, but it seemed like we were just getting outclassed once, they got the, once Houston got the ball across midfield. And I know it's hard to win in the MLS on the road, but... Uh, not a good start for our uh, our United. No, and the the first home game is this coming weekend, and we're actually going to go, which we are going to. Yeah, I'm really I'm I, I this came together. I can't wait to go because I've heard so much about the environment and how awesome. Oh, you it is to go to a game. I haven't been to a game yet. So this is my first game. Oh, that's not your first time. In the, this is your first time at the United. It's first time at United. Right. You no, know, I've, I've, I've been to a Falcons. A, game. I went to a Falcons yeah. game last year. Went to the Tampa Oh, this is a sellout too, man. Yeah, no, I'm I cannot wait. It's um, gonna be cool. It should be a lot of fun. I think we've lost the last few games we played against DC United. So it'll be interesting to see if we can get over that mental hurdle as a, as a team there. But um, yeah, I can't. I, I, 
I really cannot wait to go to the game. It's Sunday at 3. Sunday at 3. So I got a little PSA for uh, you users out there. Don't, don't say we ever gave you any tips. So we are, like I said, we're going to the game, and we're going with a group. It's uh, one of our friend's birthdays. And the game plan thrown out to me was to just purchase a standing room only ticket on Ticketmaster, which I'm like, cool, I could do that. I went and checked it. It was $24. Last time I went, I paid $20. I was like, okay, I can, I can deal with that. I'm sure there's a few ticket fees. $17 worth of fees, Graham. That's pretty horrible. That's absurd. Yeah. And it almost costs as much as the damn ticket. Yeah, it's crazy. So going from 24 to 41, mm-hmm. that's a big up. That's how they fucking up. get you, man. But I know, I listened to a podcast, uh, Freakonomics, so I, in the past, I would have blamed Ticketmaster, but that's not Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster's whole business uh, mantra is they take the blame for the club. So that's Atlanta United charging all those fees, but blaming Ticketmaster, which is pretty shady. Yeah, so like ticket, that's how they get business. They're like, hey, whatever you guys want to do, we'll take the blame for it. So, yeah. So this is Arthur Blank trying to screw us. Yes, Exactly. They, they know everyone wants to go to this first game. Damn you, Arthur. So, instead, I, I, as I said, I knew we would have a good-sized group. Worst-case scenario, I could sell some. So I went to group sales, bought 12 tickets, $20 flat. No ticket fees. Savings of $21 hairs. Per ticket. Yes, per very, ticket. Very fair. Yes, quite fair. So that's the way to go. If you all ever want to do that, just hit me up, and uh, we'll get a group together. We could spread out 10 tickets, no problem. Minimum of 10 tickets, but that's reasonable. I could have sold those guys yeah, for just, 60 tomorrow. Just send us a, uh, a message on Twitter at ATL Zone Sports. We're getting in the scalping business. Yeah. <laughs> we got to start <laughs> generating some revenue. Exactly. We're, we're, uh, intern Jared has is, is, is been fired, and we don't know. Yeah. Uh, he's not hustling for us anymore, so we, we got to find some side business. Yeah, we have Jared. zero revenue coming yeah. in, so I think scalping is the next way to go. Yeah. Or maybe $1 ice-cold waters. We should do it. We should do it after the game. With Atlanta's own labels on it. Or is Atlanta's own labels Although on those it. would just get tossed right in the trash. Yeah, pick, people. have our logo on it. Yeah, It'd be great. That, that, <laughs> so it would be the tap water from the DeKalb County, uh, from DeKalb County after they uh, had the water spillage or the water break or whatever that happened that's, over there. That's legit, but... Yeah, it's, a, it's, good. it's clean, clean drinking water. Good agua. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that, the, the point is... Don't pay Ticketmaster's fees. There's ways around it. Sure. And I'm really interested in seeing how intense the fan base is and who are the fans. You know, whenever I go to a Braves game, a Falcons game, or Hawks game, you can pick out who the real fans are. You know what I mean? Like, you can find out who is just there and who really gives a shit. Would you say we're just there? No, we give a shit. Not like other people, though. about Atlanta United? Yeah. I think we're in the middle. We're, We're in purgatory. Yeah, for the shit. We're tweeners. We're tweeners. We're learning. Yeah, we're 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 just figuring out. It hasn't emotionally connected with us yet. Right. Um. So that's that's right. Well, I think I'm, we I'm are. glad I'll be there for your first Atlanta United. Oh yeah, me too. It, it's cool, man. It should be a blast. We have a good group going. We got to so. get there early, 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 early. And my other lesson from my last time at the Benz is don't buy beer from the beer carts. Buy it from the concession stand. Why is that? Because of the beer cart, it's like normal stadium prices. It's like nine fifty versus at the concession stand, it's like five dollars. Damnation. Yeah, I learned that lesson. So another PSA. I learned that liquor is as expensive at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium as it is everywhere else. 
unfair. Very unfair. Yeah, so I think that wraps up like the normal part of the show, or the sh- the part of the show that everyone doesn't like as much as Veronica's sports puns. <laughs> dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Just came out. Here's a return of the greatest sports pun person, lady, human. Uh, in the history of sports puns, Veronica Roman returns. Yeah, so I've been brought back by popular demand because apparently there's 10 of you users out there that only listen to Atlanta Zone because of the puns. So yeah, our hope you. was that like, bringing in the pun lady would, like after they hear us, they, they came for the puns, but then they heard us and they'd yeah. want to return. Right. But, but they don't. But apparently, ten, the ten of them don't. <laughs> yes. So today's pun <laughs> um, is about Matt Bryant. Okay? Okay. So as you users out there know, and I myself just learned this fun fact, that Matt Bryant was re-signed to the Falcons as the kicker, right? Yes. Yeah. So when he got back and he saw how poorly the Falcons had been playing, he was like, oh gosh, the huddle is real. Huddle is real. The trouble is real? Instead of... Instead of I mean, the huddle is real instead of trouble? <laughs> the struggle is real? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a struggle. Struggle. But it's a huddle because that's but, what they do in football. So it would have been a struggle without Matt Bryant. But you figured it out. Yeah, Woo. that's the first time you've done oh that. Oh my God. Are there any others? The question is does that mean it's the best pun you've done or the worst I pun? I think that's be- because I got it. Quickly. I think that's one of the worst. You, you have another it. pun? No, I've oh. said because I was able to get it. Does that mm. mean it's a the lexicon? Because I'm, I'm very slow when it comes to the puns. Um, the so, yeah. only the only other one I had this week was about being a soccer for puns. Being a soccer? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. I don't know what that means, but go ahead. That's it. Being a, Oh, is it said a sucker? Yeah. Uh, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> wah, wah. All right. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Um, very fair. <laughs> that was a good one. I like the sucker. So I just, I didn't know it. I was like, you mean sucker? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Go ahead. That was it. What did you say before, Huddle? I said trouble. Trouble. <laughs> the trouble is real. The trouble is real. I was you this this week. I am you. You, you are, are me. Who what am I? I? All right, that's going to wrap up today's show. Uh, thank you for making us part of your day or evening, wherever you are. Uh, we are on Twitter at ATL Zone Sports and at Facebook at Atlanta's Own Sports Podcast. So remember, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitalmanship. Hospitalmanship.